good Tuesday morning, podcast listeners. I am friend number one here, a.k.a. Lewis, and today we have our first pilot episode of season one, our first ever episode of Friends with Thoughts. Today I join myself with friend number two, which you'll get to know his name in the future, and we talk about sports on this podcast, so I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, this is the Friends with Thoughts podcast. I am friend number one. I am so happy to start this. Um, If you don't know who I am, uh, you probably won't know what this is, but uh, I'm going to ban Leave Those Kids Alone. And I thought, hey, I know music, but I want to talk about sports and I want to have a podcast with a close friend of mine, uh, one of my greatest friends uh, yet and ever. He'll still be my best friend no matter what. for eternity. So here's friend number two. Why don't you introduce yourself? Um, I'm one of those, I'm friend one. I'm one of those like sports, like I'm a big sports fan. I like looking into like uh, kind of like signings and trades and like watching sports, playing sports and all those kind of like things. Yeah, and uh, I know we both have our notifications on for like six different apps, but it seems like you're the one who who likes to read the full uh, 30-minute article for each one where I just look at the headline. (laughs) So he definitely knows a lot about sports, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about sports today. Um, We're going to be talking about anywhere from the NHL draft to uh, the All-Star game coming up for MLB, Uh, not just baseball, you know, the NHL draft. We're going to get into all of that. So why don't we start it off, friend number two? Okay, let's get into it. Let's have a party. Juan Soto. I don't know what's going through his mind, or should I say his agent's mind. But anyways, here's what happened. It was June 30th that the Washington Nationals offered him a huge contract of – I think twenty-seven million for uh, each year for thirteen years. When you multiply that, it gives you a big number. I forget how much was it for thirteen years. I want to say it was like thirteen million. Thirteen years, upward of like four hundred to four hundred twenty-five million dollars. Yeah, it was it was a big dollar figure, and uh, so obviously he did not accept that, and. The first thing we're going to talk about is should he have accepted that latest offer? Um, friend number two, what do you think? Um, honestly, I'm in the middle here. So, yes, he should have accepted that contract and the fact that it would make him like one of the, if not the like richest like players in the league as of like right now. But no, he should not have accepted it because we know Scott Boris, his agent, loves the money grab and could probably get him, like, more money. And also he could go to a better – no offense to Washington, but he could go to a better team than the Nationals. Yeah, I I definitely know where you're coming with that. But, I mean, you look at his numbers. This is the worst season by far except for base on balls where he has, like, 80 walks. So he is a walk machine. But when you're batting 243 right now with an 870 OPS, that's kind of scary because last season, 
he was one point shy of a thousand OPS, and the year before he was over a thousand in OPS. And his batting average has always been over 3,300, uh, sorry. Um, so to see these numbers this year, it, just, it does not look familiar. I mean, he is putting up, I think, 16 home runs this year. Um, and I could see that number go up. He, he may hit 30 this year at the least. Um, but based off how he has been playing, you know, he's much worse. He was making 16.9 right now. Uh Based off of last year's arbitration offer, which was accepted clearly still on Washington. So that's what he deserved after hitting almost a thousand OPS and the year before that doing so over that. But then they offer him 27 million when he's not even playing that good this year and he rejects it. Um, I could definitely see him making 30, eh? A friend number two. Uh I could see him making 30, maybe. I, I could see him, like, one Soto making 30th season if he can go back to his, like, back to his, like, um like earlier, like, seasons, like, when he was hitting over 300 and had, like, the near 1,000 OPS. But if he's, like, playing like he is now, I could see him... Like, he could get north of 30 million a season, but he could also get, like, south of, like, like the way, like, like, the way he's right now, he could get south of, like, 15, 20 million dollars a season. For sure. I mean, I've talked to some friends, I've talked to some people, uh, my band, and they're telling me, oh, because he walks, he should be worth way more. I don't understand the principles of that. Like, the man no matter what you want to say, whether he's worth it or not, what did he say a couple of years ago? He made a joke about his agent. He was talking about how, you know, leave it up to Boris. I don't care. I'm just here to play. He said that many times in interviews after games. He's saying how he does not care about the money one bit. But then he goes from that to, at the end of the day, it's up to me. And I think that's really, that's shadowing in on what we're seeing with his decisions. Like, rejecting a 27 million dollar a year season uh pay for 13 years i mean i could i don't know what's wrong with that i think by year five we all know washington's rebuilding uh paced far too well in three years they could be playing in post in october baseball you never know so for 13 years you can do a lot with washington honestly i feel like it he could accept the 13 year like 27 million a season but 13 years is like way too much for like any sporting league contract for sure like look look how it worked out with or let's say it didn't work out with zach parise and ryan sutter they signed they both signed like 13 year deals with minnesota look where they are where yeah and now they got released like halfway into that contract and they won't really ever be the same. Large contracts are like large length contracts are never the smartest thing. Washington's like it, doing all they, all they can right now to keep their biggest gem because if they don't have Soto, I know farm teams that could be, you know, triple A teams. I shouldn't use farm teams. Uh, friend number two uh, is a, uh, is a farmer. So I shouldn't be <laughs> using that. And I know family members who are, you know, on farms too. So I shouldn't be using that, but I could see 
half of the AAA teams beating Washington <laughs> and by a bad margin if they let go of Soto. I mean, I guess you still have Cesar Hernandez, but that's about it. It's like one of those, like, do you know how, like, for college football, they talk about, like, could the best college football team beat the worst NFL team? I'm sure they'll have that debate when, like, if and possibly, very possibly when Soto leaves. Yeah. Could he, could the Nationals be that bad that, like, they could lose to a triple-A, like, team? Speaking of Washington, we're not going to get into it, but uh, we were going to talk about Dan Snyder, but we forgot that this is a PG podcast, and we don't want to talk about anything dark. So we're not going to talk about that. But the only the only time we might actually talk about that is if it is a podcast that pertains to Dan Snyder being forced to sell the team. Yeah, that's when we'll talk about it. It'll be a designated podcast just for that. Yeah. If that happens, he wants to. Front number two is praying every night. So every yeah, night. I, am, I am like hopeful every day <laughs> that it'll be Dan Snyder has been forced to sell the Washington Commanders. And then, like, Jeff Bezos or someone like that decides to buy the team. So we were on the subject. You were just talking about if he were to leave. What's your prediction? Is Juan Soto going to stay on this ball club this year or not? Uh, Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. He will stay if he gets a big enough contract. If he gets... Like, if he gets a big enough contract from Washington, I feel like he'll stay. But if he gets, like, a contract from, like, the Mets or the Angels or the Dodgers, like, one of those big market teams, he'll, like, leave and go to, like, the place where he probably has that, like, higher chance to possibly sell, like, basically get a ring, even though he already has one. So what do you think is more likely to happen? Does he stay and get a better contract? Or does he leave and go to a big team? I feel like... I feel like he might... It's like I feel like it's like 50-50 right now. He could stay, but he could also go. Like, we don't know where he's at right now, but as of right now, the way it's looking is that he's going to leave to go to... Yeah. Like a different team. I'd say the same thing. I think he's going to leave because, I mean, Washington said, you know, their, man, their, their upper management has said that this is the most they're going to offer. There's not a lot to work with. And especially when you're rebuilding, spending $27 million a season on one player, I mean, that's quite ridiculous. I mean, you could do so much more with that each season. You could get but, three mediocre players for 27 a year. But, like, look at, like, Max Scherzer. Like, he's making, like, I think he's making, like, like 45 a season, maybe. Like, for the Mets. But that's because over, three, like, three years, like, 130 million. So he's make, making money to stay with, like, one team over three years. Yeah, I think that's what they might have to do here. Uh, 27 for three years. I don't know if you, maybe for five years you'd accept, but I don't know how that's going to go. So 
what do you think his current salary should be? I know we kind of already spoke about this, um, but what should, like, compared to someone like him, what should he be getting paid? Ballpark, ballpark, you know. Ballpark is, like, are we going, like, over a certain amount of years or, like, per season? Just per season. Per season, probably, like, 20, I feel like, 25 to 30 would be fair for Soto. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree right there. Um, and the final take is, is Juan Soto right now an overrated player or an underrated player? And will he ever become a Hall of Fame player? Okay, so the first part of that is the underrated or overrated. I think he's slightly overrated. I can agree. And then will he become a Hall of Famer? I think he will. Yeah, me too. I mean, there's, 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 we can't really make a big decision right now. Like, if he were, if he were to play the way he is right now, no. But if he has consistent seasons in the odd season, he has a rough season, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. But I guess we'll have to wait a couple of, you know, till he gets to 30 years old for that conversation to be, you know, floating. It's a little too early for that. So uh, let's get on with the NHL draft. Uh, some pretty, pretty crazy trades. We'll get into one after uh, about uh, something that had to do with friend number two's favorite hockey team, the Edmonton Oilers. But right now, let's talk about the Debrinket deal. Uh, so why don't you break it down, or I will break it down, or do you want to break it down, or do you want me to? Uh, you could just kind of like break it down and okay, I'll say break it who down. they got. Okay, so after so the Senators got um. A big, a big, a big treat. 41 goals and 37 assists. That is Al- uh... <laughs> that's, that's Alex Dabrinkit. Um, He led the team last year, the Chicago Blackhawks. He led them in goals, and he was the third best with assists. I think at 78 points uh, right behind. Uh, Patrick Kane. So, this is this is this is, in my opinion, a good trade because the Hawks, they got or the Blackhawks rather, um, got a future second, a future third, and obviously we all know they got the number seven pick, which they chose somebody from uh, I don't know where, someone from Saskatoon. Anyways, that doesn't matter. They're getting a true dessert. Uh, Debrinket, like I said, led the team in goals, third in assists. This is maybe the missing puzzle piece. I don't know. Like, what do you think about this? So they got a first and second rounder from the draft that just passed and then a future third rounder. I honestly think it's – I think it's a win-win for both sides as of right now is Chicago could have gotten like an extra first or an extra like second and third because like if you look at like Brandon Hagel they traded him got like two firsts and a couple more picks from Tampa so to bring it they could have gotten more but Ottawa's getting a first line winger to pair up with Gitchuk and then the um Blackhawks are getting like a few picks to 
kind of like boost the rebuild and kind of get that started. It is, it is a win-win. Um, where would like where does he fit? Um, he is first two line like a top two winger for sure. For sure, he'll be on the first line. Um, what type of question is that? Um, but do you think he'll he'll mesh well with this team? Um, I I think he will mesh well with this team, but it's just a chemistry thing. So if he can like kind of like meet with the boys and kind of like kind of talk to them, see where their heads at, kind of like um kind of like get that chemistry built up, then it'll be a good team. But it's like, it's still like Ottawa's still in that like middle rebuild, like middle between rebuild and like playoff team. So they'll still have to mash and that stuff. Well, now looking at Chicago's point of view, I mean, yes, you give away one of your best forwards, but in return, with a number seven pick, you go with Kevin Korchinski uh, from the WHL. He played on Seattle, a defenseman, and he's six foot two, 185 pounds, fourth uh, among Western Hockey Hockey League defensemen. Pardon me. He had over 60 points, the first to do so since Daryl Sider. Doesn't that sound familiar? Um, of Kamloops. In 1989, with 66 assists. Oof. Um, so he, sorry, he did have uh, 65 points. I forgot to say four goals, 61 assists. So he had the most, he had over 60 assists. Um, Sider's the last one who did have over that in that league. So is this another Daryl Sider? Um, it's hard to compare because, like, you're having one guy that got drafted in like the 80s and played through like the 80s and the 90s. And then you have another guy that's playing in the 2020s. So like the 80s was more of that like, 80s and 90s was more of that like high scoring, like like probably like 10 points, like five, 10 points, like probably like 10 points a game per team, like for the two teams combined in a game. And now you're looking at, like, sometimes you'll have a game where it's, like, one or two goals and some games where you'll have, like, ten that are scored between the two teams. Right. So it's hard to tell. But if he he can, like, can maybe score some more goals because four isn't going to cut it in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Four is at best going to get you. Like, four goals isn't enough to be, like, I feel like a solid defenseman. Like if he can like bring up that total to like 10, he'll, and like have like, if you can have like 10, 15 goals and probably the 60 assists, he'll be like good. But I don't feel like at four goals, that's going to really be much. In 25 playoff games, he scored six goals, which is funny. Um Less assists, obviously, but he had more goals in the in the playoffs. So maybe he was a late bloomer in that season, the last season. But I think the bottom line is, if he can play big minutes, if he's creative with the puck, I think he could be. He could make he could make the third line. So, 
I mean, so was... he's a defenseman. Yeah, he's a defenseman. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about that? I feel like just start him off with like on like the in like the minors, kind of build up his confidence, let him like get like a bunch of goals and assists, and then once he's you feel he's ready, bring him up. Put him on the third line, second line, maybe even first line. Pair him with a few players that you know he'll be able to set up well, and then go from there. Yeah. Uh, continuing with the draft, I'm just going to talk a bit about this. The Wings pick another European player, um, Mario Kaspar. He came from the SHL. He had something to do with broke a record for U18 players. Um, he was He's one of the best in the SHL for his age. Um, the funny thing about him is the SHL is like the NHL of Sweden. So he'd be going to school in high school and telling his buddies, I got a leave for the day. I'm going for a game. And they'd all be like, okay, well, have good luck. You know, why is it a tournament? Until he started, you know, until they found out he's playing for the SHL. So imagine we're in high school, we're playing for the NHL and we just leave our class and say, See you guys. I'm going to I'm going to play uh, the Leafs. I'm going to Toronto. I'm going to Scotia Bank Center. Like the feeling of saying that, like the bragging right. He can finally play in the NHL. Um, maybe not tell his classmates, but I mean, just the feeling of that. And I mean, imagine how good this trio would be: Cider, Raymond, Casper, same line. <laughs> See, like. Could they really like? It's hard. Like, is Casper defenseman or is he a forward? No, Casper's a forward. But I'm just saying, like them all in the oh. playing at the same time, even though oh, gotcha. Sider's even, the defenseman. Right. right. Like, I feel like this is a very like Red Wings kind of thing where they draft a European, see if he works out. But it seems to be that it has worked out for them, where um where they draft a a defend like a forward or defenseman from Europe and then develop him properly and then they have the next big thing. Yeah. So uh let, let let's get on to uh the next couple of things. Why don't you talk about that? Okay, first thing up is Baker Mayfield was recently traded to the Carolina Panthers for a, a conditional fifth round pick. How do we feel about that? Just a black trade. I mean, he's definitely not worth more than a third, so he could have gotten they could Cleveland could have gotten a third rounder. But at this point, they're just trying to get rid of him. That's the bottom line. Honestly, that's like if Deshaun was to get suspended, which he probably will, like for a minimum a season, it would be a very much a Browns thing to have a guy like gets suspended and trade for him and f- give him a fully guaranteed deal. And yeah. Do you think that if Deshaun is to be suspended, I know this is like, you know, your topic here, but it just, it just popped up now. Imagine Deshaun gets suspended and case is closed. Case Keenum does the impossible like he did on Minnesota. Wait, does Cleveland have Case Keenum? Yeah. 
Because I have heard that they're going with Jacoby Brissett. What? <laughs> I've heard Jacoby Brissett. If Deshaun is suspended, Cleveland is prepping for Mr. Jacoby Brissett to be their starter. They may lose to a college team. Look at that. Jacoby Brissett. Oh. Well, I, th- I think like shit, Cleveland seems to have always have that like when they went like one in 31, those teams could lose to a college team. But this team, the defense defense is so good that they're yeah. not losing to a college team. No, I'm, I'm just saying like Brissett, this could this could spiral downhill if Brissett plays this season. I mean, I could see Case Keenum playing decent. Maybe right. he averages 200 yards a game. Which is not that good, but they're probably gonna have to use the running game more. Um, but I can't wait. Week one, you think they're gonna go with Baker or are they gonna go with Darnold? The the funny thing is, there's a few of those revenge games week one because you got um, Baker versus Cleveland week one. You got Russell Wilson versus Seattle. Then you got Drew Locke versus Denver. So those would be a couple, like, two interesting games to look out for and pay attention to. Yeah. Well, and Drew Locke's on Seattle, right? Yeah. So then Russell against Seattle, yeah. Yeah. That, that's going to be that's gonna be fun. Um, so do you want to – well, on top of that, I guess we could talk about Robbie Anderson very, very shortly. I mean, what's going to happen there? <laughs> right. Um, so do you want to go on to the next topic now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next topic is the Zach Cassian to Arizona trade. So, um, Arizona got Zach Cassian and the 29th overall pick, plus a future second and third round picks, and Edmonton got the 32nd overall pick in the NHL draft. (laughs) I don't want to laugh, but I think I'm going to have to. As an Oilers fan, don't take this personally. Any Oilers, other Oilers fans or Oilers higher-ups, if you end up hearing this, I am not a fan of that trade. It no was one a, is. Nobody it was is a, a fan of that trade. It was a bad trade. The Oilers gave up too much to get too little in return. Like, if you just traded Cassian and the 29th to get the 32nd pick, I would maybe hate that trade less. But giving up a, a first, a future second, a future third, and a player to get moved back four slots is, a, in my opinion, a terrible trade. It's brutal. Like, this play, like, the player they dropped at 32nd has high expectations if you're trading a first, a second, a third, and Zach Cassian to get that pick. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't they just trade Zach Cassian for a seventh? Yes, get ripped off, but at least don't trade away a draft pick. Like, like I, if they did Cassian in, like, if they did like Cassian in a second, maybe because you're dumping his salary, or like a Cassian in a first for a Cassian, and then they swap the first, okay? Because you're getting rid of like three point 
two million in salary to free up. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a. But let's just hope Evander Kane and Evander Kane and Claude Giroux and Jack Campbell, all those three, want to come back to Edmonton or like sign with Edmonton. Yeah, let's just hope. Uh... Yeah, let's hope that happens. I mean, for now. Well, and then you look, Duncan Keith has retired too. And we're moving Mike Smith, his contract to the long-term injury reserve. So that also freed up like 2 million cap space. So, yeah. yeah. But we still have like 4 million in like dead cap money because we bought out James Neal. Then after the seat, like who he's making like two million a season for the next three years to not be with the team. Then you have Milan Lucic, who after the season his contract's off the books and he was making a million. And then Andre Sakura, he was making a million and a half to not be to be with like Dallas, I think. And he is going to be his contracts off the books after the season. So we're at least at the end of the season losing like two million in dead cap money. Mm. Yeah, I mean, love to see where that goes. Um, but I think I think you guys can make the playoffs again. Uh, why don't we Why don't we get down to the last topic, eh? Okay. Or did so, you want to add something? I don't think I really need to add anything to the. Uh, Cassian trade. So we'll get to the last piece of information, and it is the All Star, the Detroit Tigers All Stars. So Gregory Soto made it as our one representative, but we also have Miguel Cabrera who made it as like the legacy option. Yeah. Um, which I think I I'm very happy. That Mickey can finally, I mean, this might be like the final curtain call. Um, maybe both sides of the party agree to terminate his contract and let him retire. In what better of a way than playing in the All-Star game, eh? Honestly, I think this was the best case, like one of the better case scenarios for Cabrera because he, like this season, he's got like, he hit like three different milestones like hitting and then he would get the all-star game so I think after this season he should retire and both teams decide to terminate like both sides determine decide to terminate his contract um I know Soto was selected but does he really deserve a spot no no I don't think so honestly I was thinking that it should have been Cabrera. It would have been down to either Cabrera, possibly Scooble, and we wouldn't have done... They, I don't think the fans would have voted enough for him, but Riley Green. Riley Green, but he just... He, he, he basically... He basically had just came up like a month or to two months ago. So, yeah, he, like... 
Honestly, I Gregory Soto wasn't even the one I was thinking of. Cabrera, I was thinking of Cabrera and Scooble. Or maybe um, Baez. Um... Uh, Baez is more of a defense. I feel like yeah. he's more of a defensive player than an offensive player. No. Grossman, he's had a decent bat. I mean, I know he's not a big name or anything. But, right. yeah, him. If Meadows didn't have Vertigo and all those issues, uh, then I bet you he probably would have gone in a spot. I mean... You talk about a trade like that uh, that just happened recently. And yes, we did get rid of uh, Isaac Paredes in that trade. And yes, he's hitting a good amount of home runs right now. Um, but I did like that trade. I think we, we got we got value. It's just Meadows needs to stay healthy. But how we talk about just briefly with the Ulster game, how diverse it is. Right. Like, like 11 from the Dominican – Eight from Venezuela, two from Cuba and Puerto Rico. Uh, and Aruba, Bahamas, Canada, Japan, and Mexico each got one. Like, Aruba. Wow. That, that, uh, I don't know who that would have been. Not Soto. No, some, Soto, I want to say, is Dominican. What was the most surprising one, you think? For the American League uh, offense, what do you think was the most surprising for starters? Um... I honestly, not till I don't really remember like most of the starters. Well, there's Alejandro Kirk, Vladdy G, Altuve. Probably all. Probably like when you said those like Altuve, Guerrero Jr., Kirk. I feel like Kirk is like Kirk to me. Honestly, to me, Kirk or like Stanton would be the most surprising. Same. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought Kirk would have made the All Star game, and I wouldn't have. Well, Stanton, you could see him making the All Star game, but I don't think that it would have been. Like I think he would have like barely have squeaking into the All Star game. I think, in my opinion, for the National League, Mookie Betts, and maybe Goldschmidt. Like Goldie, I don't know how. He did. Like, I, I thought uh, Freeman would have, or uh, Muncie, one of those two, I guess, alternating first basemen on uh, Los Angeles. Goldschmidt is popping off this year, though. He is, though. He is. Um, like, yes, he, yes, he's surprising that he made the All-Star team, but he's been going off this year. He has. What about looking at uh, pitchers? So, there's, okay. Rodon should have made it. Rodon and Paul Blackburn made it. I know he's had a decent year, but like him, Jorge Lopez, um, Martin Perez, uh, I think Valdez. Martin Perez, I think, like barely should have made it. Fromber Valdez, like I he's feel like Fromber, like from made it just because like. Houston has a like a like amazing like pitching staff and like a great pitching rotation. So I feel like Fromber like hat like was one of those guys that you wouldn't expect to make it, but yes, did make it. Uh, so I think we pretty much covered all this. Before we go, guys, watch out for Chris Sale because <laughs> he has turned into a monster. A monster. Did you see what he did on the AAA game? 
Yeah, he tore that, like, TV. <laughs> tore a lot of stuff up. He is pissed off, and he's ready to be back. Better than ever, hopefully. Uh, so not only do we have Mr. Give Me All the Smoke, Josh Naylor, but we now have Madman Chris Sale, who's always been a madman. And the thing that intrigues me is, yes, he acts like that on the field, but he's a good guy off the field. Yeah, and then you have, like, uh, the Mets, who, have sh- who just got Scherzer back earlier in the week, and then you got like the Grom coming back in the next, I think, month or so. So that that team is going from good, like from great to amazing. Yeah. Those Mets, watch out for them too. But uh, man, Josh Naylor, all these guys, <laughs> a lot of people who are just crazy right now. Meaning crazy in the head, but also crazy batting-wise and pitching-wise, I guess. Like Naylor throwing his helmet. Uh, this was a while back, but I mean, he, he's been popping off and yeah, and head head budding coaches. Terry Francona. Oh my gosh! Speaking of him, he gained some weight. But anyways, <laughs> guys, uh, this was episode one of many. I'm friend number one, and I'm friend the or two. Or dose. And, and on three, we will say, see you later. One, two, three. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> see you guys. And thank you so much for your time. If you watch it all this way, you are a true trooper. Have a good one. <laughs>